I'm ready. Yeah. Oh, it's been a while. Welcome back to the Last World Podcast. My name's Jamal, and I'm joined at 137 and a half kilometers away. Ashley Hetherington, we're back. I thought I'd been sacked from this podcast, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Me last week, just doing it by myself. <laughs> Last time that we did this podcast, I think we spoke about taking it more seriously and trying to monetize it. And I just figured that bit I was out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, by taking it more seriously, it's uh, stop. It's don't yeah. Do podcast. Yeah, the time it takes us to do this podcast would be much better spent doing anything else. <laughs> Literally pursuing our careers. But here we are. <laughs> here we are coming to you live on a Wednesday night. Yeah, we are. I mean, and maybe we'll get into it. I reckon once you move to Melbourne, it'll be pretty solid schedule. Oh, mate, I'm looking for two-bedroom apartments so I can turn one room into a, a studio. <laughs> mate, I'm telling you, when you move here, we could just do it live every week. I'll just bring the gear over. Are you coming? We could, we, could reserve, we could reserve a room at Hotel Animal. Oh, not doing it from the booth at Hotel Animal. Hell yeah. Little parrot on our shoulder. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Why the fuck was there a parrot there? Sorry, that was just I don't know. Ridiculous. I don't know. It is hotel animal. In fairness, it is. It is. Um, yeah, hotel animal corner of uh, Little Work and King Street. Go check it out. Um, ask for Henry. <laughs> that that's the parrot. Yeah, Henry is the parrot. All right. On a Friday well, afternoon, you'll see Jamal hanging off the bar. And Saturday. Sometimes Thursday. Well, I mean, just if you go there, you're you're a pretty good chance to see Jamal. Literally Not always dressed like a priest like he is tonight. Yeah, I've got the uh the mock neck black with the uh the shawl coming over. Sometimes in a CJ Hawthorne jumper that's eleven sizes too small. That I have literally had that jumper since I was eight years old. I know. Yeah, I think I remember it. I was like, I reckon you were probably there when I first had it, and it fit like a fucking poncho. And here I we are. Rem- I do remember your obsession with twenty nine back then. You said one day, one day, a man by the name of CJ will play in this jumper. Just you wait. Yeah. Hold on. Am I older than CJ? No. Um, uh, yeah, well, you are getting on a little bit. Yeah, we are both older than CJ. He was born in 99. Well, there you go. Yeah. It, it's weird to think that I wear, um, we're at the point where we wear jumpers of players who are younger than us. Isn't it? It's yeah. trippy. We, uh, we're just uh, getting on in our life with uh, not a lot to show for it. Except this podcast listener. Yes, except for the last call podcast heard exclusively wherever our listener may be on the planet, Mexico, <laughs> India, Argentina. Yeah. Strangely <laughs> enough, ne- never Australia. No, we really need to market. <laughs> Even though we exclusively talk AFL at the moment, we are still very much an international market. And that just shows the appeal of the last call podcast have been trying to bring in the Bolivian curling league, but you, you just won't take it with, uh, <laughs> Oh my God. Our reach is getting bigger. Good God. Only 57% from Australia. Sorry. That is wild to me. 
Would you like to speak sub-Saharan water polo? I'm uh, I'm always down for sub-Saharan anything. A little bit of... Yeah, the, the, oh, the, actually, the, hold on. I have some sub-Saharan news and... Oh, my God. Is it what is a, it water polo related? It is not. It is basketball related. Uh, multi-platinum artist... Jermaine Cole, a.k.a. J. Cole, has signed for the Rwanda Patriots in the African Basketball League. Sorry, what now? Rwanda. Sub-Saharan Didn't he go to school Africa. with her? <laughs> no. Yeah. J. Cole is playing for the Rwandan Patriots. Yeah. Mate, how's that for a tie-in for sub-Saharan African sports? There's your update. See, I'm telling you, it's like we plan these things. We must just be on the same same wavelength. We absolutely are not. <laughs> oh, mate, it's been two weeks and we're already off to a fucking flyer. Look at us go. It's like we never left. I know. I'm sure the listener would prefer that we left. Just sat down and just keeled over. Yeah. All right. Well, we've gone... Five minutes too long on sub-Saharan African sports. Should we get into some footy? I would argue that we haven't gone long enough, but sure. I'll wait till the second half of the podcast. Lots of hunters and collectors in sub-Sahara. <laughs> That's very true. And you know what? Most of them old white guys from America. Like Harrison Ford. Still be. Oh, right. That was a, yep, got it. (laughs) I thought you meant literally Harrison Ford. I was like, huh? What news did I miss? No. I did watch Indiana Jones the other week. Indiana Jones 87 is coming out next year, I think. Sorry, what? Yeah, the retirement home of doom. There's another one? Nah, Harrison, mate, go to bed. <laughs> Hold on, really? Raiders of the Lost Wheelchair. <laughs> Good God. Oh, my God. There is Indiana Jones 5. All right. Well, whatever. Shia LaBeouf has been sacked, I think, since Indiana Jones 4. Look, I think everyone should have been sacked after that movie. It was uh, underwhelming. It wasn't, it wasn't too bad until the last 15 minutes when it was all aliens and crystal skulls. It did get a bit x filey towards the end, um, which wasn't really canon to the rest of the series. But Sometimes, sometimes you've got to take a risk. That's very true. All right. Well, do we want to start um, with the bias egg? You've got the scarf on. I do have the scarf on. Let's go. Um, See you again. Mano a mano. Kenny shut him down like he did last year. Oh, are you kidding me at the horn? I honestly feel like the Panthers are on top. The run of the play, I feel like they're doing better than the Melbourne Storm, but the Melbourne Storm have been able to keep the scoreboard ticking. It's really hard to disagree with him on that one. I know, I know. And funnily enough, Penrith yet to lose a game this year. I mean, he was right, just... He was right. He was just early. He's as a, uh, a a teller of the future, if you will. Nostradamus Gould. 
Nostradamus gold. All right, we'll start with you because at least there's a little optimism on your end. There is, there is, but it still is just miserable getting beat by Carlton. Um, there's a lot of moral we... victories in the, uh, a lot of moral victories in the bias segment this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there has to be some sort of victory. Last we spoke, um, Essendon were fresh off an Anzac Day victory. Um, things were looking up, look, looking all right at two and four. Mm. Sadly, we are now two and six and have lost our last two games by a combined four points, I think. Really? Well, didn't you play Carlton the week before? Yeah, didn't they beat us by three points? Uh, no, I believe you lost by four. Oh, nine points. No, 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 we came back right at the end. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, it was 14, uh, 16 points. Sorry. They kicked a goal right, right. right. Yeah, that's right. Um, close losses is what we're hearing. Close losses, yeah. The shootout at the MCG, Carlton Essendon. That, br- that was a brilliant game. As a neutral, yeah, I, a good game to watch. I had to go catch a plane, so I didn't see a lot of the last half. Um, yeah, we started really well and then just dropped off. I think it was... Lots of the young kids that had been really carrying us through the first um, six weeks of the year, I think, had an off game. And when too many of them have an off game together, that's what you get. So, I mean, it's to be expected. They're only young. But, um, yeah, it was disappointing, but that's all right. We move on. We didn't expect much this year, and we're still playing a good brand of footy. Mm. And much the same can be said about the weekend against GWS, I think. Two points we got beat by, but never really looked like winning. Weren't in front at all. Um, we're at two separate points. We're almost five goals down. Yeah. So that's encouraging to have the tenacity and fortitude to keep coming back. Um, but, I mean, as encouraging as the signs have been, Essendon still gets scored against far too easily. I know we've probably got a young back line with Hooker being switched to the forward line and Hurley out um, indefinitely. Paddy Ambrose is out as well. Like that's probably our three most experienced key defenders. But yeah, when sides get a run on against us, we find it very difficult to stop, as you saw firsthand in that Essendon Hawthorne game in round one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who else against? Uh, Brisbane, I think we were five goals up at one stage. Oh, no, sorry, not Brisbane, Sydney. Sydney, we were five goals up. Yeah, and then they stormed home. So, I mean, there are things to address, but things are looking okay. Question um, without notice. Um, obviously, Draper's out, Shield is out, and Caldwell is out. Um, given that Essendon are doing at least relatively well competitively, um, in the last couple of rounds without them are the problems that they're having. Can that be addressed by simply having those ends? Yeah. So I think Draper will make a big difference. Um, big, big difference. Cause we get beat in the run every week. So who've you got, um, you got Peter Wright and Andrew <laughs> Phillips. Um, the ex Carlton, very tall redhead. Who? Looks, search up a photo while I'm speaking of Andrew Phillips and Aaron Francis next to each other. Right. Um, so yeah, Draper will be a big in. 
Shield, well, yes, he's obviously a big loss. Him going out has allowed Darcy Parrish into the midfield, so it's probably uh, not awful. Wow, so they're obviously exactly the same. They are the same person. They look like fucking, uh, what's his name? Mitch from Modern Family. Yes, yes, they do. Um, so Shield coming back in will be good because obviously Parrish will keep his midfield spot. So that'll be nice. And then Caldwell, I really haven't seen enough of Caldwell to assess, but I mean, he looks like he's going to be a good player. He's only 22. So hmm. that'll obviously help that midfield grunt. Um, in terms of the defense, yeah, I think losing Hurley right right before the start of the season is probably a big loss and hard to cover. Yeah. Just as that general down there, like Jordan Ridley sort of does that job, but again, he's only 22. Do Essendon have the forward line without Hooker? Can they just, if Essendon's defense is leaking so much, can they just shift Hooker back and, I don't know, have a Ruckman rest in the forward line? Like, yeah, I, I feel see, like it does all right up front. There have been a, a couple of times that I have also advocated for that, but I think there's, like, the forward line doesn't even function that well with Hooker in it, mm. in fairness. Peter Wright's up there, Tipper's up there, Stringer's up there, but he's just got injured. Um, but also one of Ben Rutten's big mantras when he came in, I think was Kale Hooker's not fit enough. So he's trimmed off massively and is really fit, which is, I think is why he's doing so well in the forward line. Why he's third in the Coleman, fourth in the Coleman. Um, but I'm not sure he's got the strength to go with those big beasts Yeah. at, at the moment. But I mean, Having said that, when we play West Coast or when we play Geelong, it's difficult to see who's going to play on those big full forwards. So. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, There's, like, who's your main key back at the moment? Francis. Yikes. Fran- yeah, Francis has been the key back. Um, and then... Who else is back there? Zerk Thatch has played a couple of games, but he's out of the side. Who is it? Zerk. Um, oh, right. Yep, yep, yep. Hyphenated. Name. Yeah, yeah. The, the oh, hyphen. Right. I was like, who names their kid Zerk? Yeah. Um, oh, that's right. James Stewart's back in, who is big. He's only played a couple of games this year, but yeah. he's back in. And Jaden Laverde is only probably mid-sized, but he's been getting jobs on the bigger players, and he's been one of the uh, finds of the year down back. Bit of Campbell Brown, if you will. Hmm. So, look, no, I think things are going all right, but it is a, a very young and experienced backline. Yeah. Um, but uh, to be honest, I don't think it's so much the backline that is the issue when sides get runs on against us. I think it's more out of the middle, and that's probably where getting the proper Ruckman back in will help. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, yeah, no, I, I do like watching Essendon because they play a good brand of footy. Um, yeah, and look, there's positives. A couple of the kids. Uh, Harry Jones looks better every time he plays. Oh, if he kicks, um, he'll be all right. <laughs> he, he's, he's got his kicking better in the last few weeks. Um, Archie Perkins looks a real player. Cox obviously burst out of the gates early in the year, but Perkins <laughs> is catching him. And then players like Braden Ham, I think, have come on really well. Nick Hines been a good find out of the back line since coming over from St Kilda. Yeah, no. Um, next two rounds, you've got Frio, Frio and North. How are we feeling? Well, we should win both. 
Should. Should. Um, we will. I've got a real bad pit in the bottom of my stomach that we will be the first side to get beat by North for the year. Oh, don't worry. We're playing them this week, so. That's true. Um, and yet, I'm worried. Yeah, no, that would be very, you know, Essendon. At very the Essendon. But, you know. We were the first side to get beat by Melbourne in the, the Mark Neal year. Yeah. In, like, won, round 11. They won three games that year or something ridiculous. Mm, they should have played us every week. Yeah. They, they would have won the flag if they did. <laughs> um, um, yeah. I, th- I think that's it from my bias seg. I've probably gone overtime. Oh, no. There is no overtime when it comes there to... There is no game. overtime. Every week is the bias seg. Um, yeah, good God. All right. Should I talk about a Hawthorne a little bit? <laughs> rip it, rip into those brown and gold kings. Look, it's just, it's, this is the first time we've, we've been bad since about 2017. Um, our roster turnover hasn't been good. Our list management has been pretty rough. Um, but this is the first year where I'm just like, we are really, really, really bad. Um, our two games that we've won, we've won by a combined, what, fucking four points. Um, and our losses, early in the season, our defense was actually really good. We just couldn't score. And now our defense is really bad and we can't score. So, um, yeah, things are not looking good. Um, Clarkson, I'm all, I will defend Clarkson until the day I die. Um, he is probably one of the top three coaches of all time. Three or four, depends who you ask. Um, but some of the selection choices that he has made this year have been incredibly puzzling, um, considering for the first 10 years of his tenure, um, we struggled to field a good ruckman and a tall spine. And in the game against St Kilda, we fielded, Sam Frost, who was a tall, Kyle, Kyle Hardigan, Ben McAvoy, Tim O'Brien, uh, Jack Gunston, Emerson Jecker, Mitch Lewis, and there was another tall who I can't remember. Seg- Segles? No, nah, Segles still injured. But there were genuinely seven six-foot-six-plus six players on the team. And how did that work out for you? We got absolutely belted. Um now I think would be a good time to let the listeners in on your prediction for that game. Yes, I was very big on the uh, Emerson Jecker train, and I still am. Um, and I texted Ash, Gunston and Jecker in Hawthorne by twelve goals, book it. Um, and then Ash responded, "Feeling good on St Kilda. I reckon they'll win by twelve goals." And uh, they won by twelve goals, pretty much. I think they won. You were a you were a hundred and forty one points out. Yeah, but if we just kick a few straighter, you know, we'd be in with a shot. <laughs> no, um, Hawthorne have been just uh, terrible. Um, it's been good because we've been able to blood some kids, um, Ollie Hanrahan and Harry Morrison, who are on the way out. In my eyes, have had a really good year. In a year that not many people have. Um, We've struggled with a few injuries to like key players like Mitchell and Wingard and um, 
Sicily's, yeah, Sicily's still. Mate, here's another tall that's got to come in. Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're going to field a fucking basketball team. Um, <laughs> and still be made to look like the the, the Washington, who, who are they? The Capitals? Generals. Generals, yeah. Um, yeah, just to quickly sum it up, our midfield has uh, the same amount of bite as a toothless dog. Um, there's, yeah, zero midfield work. Our defense is getting worse by the week. Um, and we couldn't score a goal if we tried to at this rate. Goals are very hard yeah, to yeah. buy. Yeah. The interesting thing I think for me is that of your two wins, one was from 40 points down against us and one was from 32 points down against Adelaide. So really you could almost just put those both down to Clarkson being a master match day coach. Yeah. And he is, he, he's like obviously one of the best coaches of all time. And maybe that's a discussion we can have in a second, but like he's, he's good tactically, obviously. Um, but against better sides, like I feel like Essendon and Adelaide are probably in a tier above, if not higher in our tier. But like when you come up against a team as talented as uh, like West Coast last week, they just yeah, obviously yeah, booted us into the floor. Like I don't know, we just don't have the squad. To be honest, <laughs> we're out. Yeah, no, you, you don't, and that's to be expected when you spend so long on top mm. that you're going to fall eventually. And it's probably impressive that it hadn't happened sooner. Well, um, it's all AFL, like a parody where you know, in theory, the lower you get, the higher draft pick you get to replenish your team and get better. Hawthorne haven't had a top five pick since 2006. Yeah, that's true. The key now, I think, I see, I see a lot of similarities in Hawthorne now as Sydney probably three years ago mm. when they really bottomed out for the first time in a decade and a half. Yeah. Um, and obviously... It would have been like two years ago when we finished about the same as them. Like it would have been 13th or 14th kind of thing. Yeah. So, and obviously Sydney have been able to regenerate really well. Um, with a lot of good young kids. So it'd be interesting to see if Hawthorne can do the same. Mm. Obviously no academy, but. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how we go, but this is definitely, it's funny getting the uh, emails from Jeff Kennett every week. This is a rebuilding year. You're just going to have to ride the bumps. I was like, yeah, I know Jeff, but you know, shut up. <laughs> just like it was for the Liberal Party in 2000. And... When did he lose the election? One? Oh, yeah, fucking ages ago. Who did he lose it to? Labor. Was that Brax? Was Brax later? Yeah, it might have been Brax. Yeah, Brax. Brax was in. Brax, he was in for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah. um, Spark notes Hawthorne, not good. Will be very long here. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. But I mean, the Essendon Hawthorne blockbuster is scheduled for. The MCG in June, is it? June, July? I don't know, but I'm excited. Make sure you get that night off work. I'll take it off now, I swear to God. Um, um, what is it? Ah, oh, I just clicked onto it. Round 14. 
date at time. 19th of June. Oh, yeah, true. But it'll, it's Hawthorne Essendon. It'll be Friday or Saturday night. Yeah. Which will be good. Especially with all those buys. Like West Coast Richmond will probably be the Thursday night. Geelong Bulldogs will probably be the Friday night and will probably be the Saturday night, I reckon. Yeah, and the rest they can bury on a Saturday, uh, Sunday yeah. afternoon kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. All right. Moving on to teams who are actually good, maybe. Um, we got two rounds to cover. So I was just like, surely just five takeaways from round seven and eight. Um, did you want to start off? Sure. Are we going to go one for one? Yeah, one for one. I feel like some we'll of start, us... We'll start on our coldest takes and work up to our hottest takes. Yeah, go on. Number five excites me as a podcast runner, administrator, speaker, gambler. Mm. Geelong are a chance. Yeah, that that was my first point. There's, I've got slowly rounding into form. Uh, <laughs> looking very scary after absolutely panting Richmond. They were gone for all money a month ago. Yeah, they're looking good. Don't forget, they got Paddy Dangerfield to come back into this side. Yeah, and uh, Smith, <laughs> Smith looks all right too. A fresh Patrick Dangerfield come July, August will be a scary proposition for some a few sides, I think. Yeah, no, um, Duncan is just... Duncan's so good. Duncan and yep. Stewart are absolutely killing it at the moment. Um, mm. Yeah, they've still got Dangerfield to come in. That forward line is just tearing everyone apart. Grind's in great form. Grind didn't even play the other night. <sighs> yeah, because I beat him up at a pub. You, you kneecapped him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of... Uh, Daniel Rioli style. I was going to say, speaking of beating up at a pub, Richmond are inconsistent and have lots of off-the-field stuff going on. Um, with the Bolton Rioli partnership, and then Martin missing the week before. Um, what's that? Yeah, <laughs> you read about it. A- actually, Bolton's mark on Friday night into beating someone up at the pub very high into very low. To be honest, if I took a mark like that, I would have also gone on a forty-eight hour bender. <laughs> if I took a mark like that, I would have beat someone, <laughs> beat the shit out of someone at the pub too. He didn't beat the <laughs> shit out of somebody though. He broke his wrist. Yeah, uh, that's true. Um, but apparently it was to stand up for, you know, real his girlfriend, the miso and, you know, I'm about that. So, but what? But Bolton's out for a couple of weeks. Rioli's out for a couple of weeks as well. Probably. I think... Um, who have Richmond got this week? Richmond have got someone they should beat. Uh, the Giants at Giants, Giants at, at Etihad at Marvel. Well, you don't see that too often. <laughs> Grand final rematch from a couple of years ago. Hey? Yeah, been been demoted to the. I don't know, it's seven twenty-five. Um, but good God, at Marvel, why? <laughs> Well, I guess the MCG was needed for the big. Oh, there's no game at the MCG Saturday. None. They're saving None. it for Melbourne and Carlton on Sunday. SCG, Launceston, Gold Coast, Marvel, Adelaide. Jeez, that is underwhelming. The fact that the MCG isn't being used on a Saturday, a crime. I agree. 
Um, what's my next point? Melbourne haven't Melbourne it yet, and I'm concerned. Are they actually that good? No, they're not. But yet they're eight and zero. Actually, yeah, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna preface that with saying, you remember when North went nine and zero, and then didn't make the finals? Did they make the yeah, finals? Let's just re- remember this Melbourne run of eight and zero. They've beaten Geelong when Geelong were all in real bad form. Hmm. They've beaten Richmond, which doesn't look that great anymore. Um, they beat Frio in Melbourne. They beat St Kilda. They beat GWS. Yeah, Geelong, Hawthorne. Yeah. And to be honest, we took it to them for three quarters until they just decided. Yeah, Richmond. Up. They were three goals down to North at halftime. Oh, they were too. I mean, and then they win. beat Sydney in Melbourne, which, I mean, I know you can only beat who you play and they haven't lost yet, so fair play to them. And the duo of Petrarca and Clary Oliver looks dynamite. Mm. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't be getting too hyped on Melbourne just yet, I don't think, until they play Port Adelaide, Brisbane, the Bulldogs. Um, yeah, that's going to be a banger. West Coast. Do they play West Coast in Perth? That'll be a real test. Yeah, when they start playing like Port, you know, away kind of thing. When they get a good team like interstate, then it'll be a, even. Did they have they played Sydney yet? Yeah, Saturday night they played Sydney. This week. Oh, they did too. I was say if they play Sydney in Sydney. No, they played them in Melbourne and only just scraped over the line. So Yeah. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, you can only beat who you play, but still. Mm. In a couple of weeks' time, they play the Bulldogs and Brisbane in back-to-back weeks, so I think that'll show us where they're at. Yeah. Um, um, my next point. I think the Bont may have taken the mantle of, of, the, of the best player in it. He looks good, eh? He, he goes all right, the Bont. He's just so electrifying. He's dominant. He's he's Dustin Martin dominant at this point. Mm. Like in a midfield, and, most Dunkley, McRae, even Trelaw has had an absolute belter. He's by far and away their best player. Wait, doesn't Trelaw play for Collingwood? <laughs> tough. That's tough. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um. No, they had to clear Trelaw's salary cap space for Brody Grundy's hair. Yeah, and uh, Dugowie's tattoo artist. And lawyer. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Topical. Um, but, yeah, I think Bond may have taken the mantle. And to be honest, I think Petrarca might not be far behind. I think it's uh, we're at a very almost changing of the guard. Danger Field's getting old and injured. Martin, mm. no spring chicken. Um, yeah. Liam Shield, all the way down. <laughs> yeah, Henry Slattery's probably past it. But... <laughs> um, yeah, I think Dusty probably clings close to his spot just because of how clutch he's proven over a sustained period. Mm. Obviously, Petrarca and Bont haven't really had the opportunity to do that. I mean... But- Bond has played in a premiership, but 
Like they haven't had the same opportunities to show how clutch they are that Dusty has repeatedly. So it's difficult to judge, but I think on the output that they're producing, it's hard to go past them. Yeah. And if they keep it up for X amount of time, I mean, if five could stay on the field, but even he's getting up there. Um, yeah. Look, look, I mean, I'm reticent to go past Dusty because I don't think we really think enough about how incredible it is that he's won three Norm Smiths. Yeah. Like players go into the record books for winning one grand final and winning a Norm Smith. Like to be the best player on the ground on grand final day three times is something that we're going to look back on in, in 20 years ago. That was ridiculous. Yeah. It is very impressive. Um, all right. I've got the absolute coldest take on the planet. Fucking send it down to the penguins in Antarctica. North are so fucking grim. Like, just, un- no, even just watching the football, you're just like, surely it can't be that bad. And then you flip a game on and you're like, what's his name? Larky? Why is he there starting full forward? We went through this a couple of weeks ago. He's the best ever yeah, kick for goal, goal in the history of the VFL AFL. Yeah, with the uh, sample size of a, you know, small fishing pond. Yeah, he kicked one goal straight and he's got a 100% record. Yeah, but there is absolutely zero going on at Arden Street. And I know it's a mild take, but I feel like people aren't appreciating just how terrible it is. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, to go to your full forward point, they had one of the best full forwards in the league and they traded him for a sack of potatoes. Yeah, and now he's playing for the best team on the comp. It's almost Trelaw-esque. (laughs) <laughs> um so yeah North- i feel like every time we mention the name trelaw we need like a 10 bell yeah. salute just for <laughs> the collingwood supporters <laughs> didn't ned guy get the boot didn't we talk about that no he um he resigned quit. yeah i mean well way to jump off the titanic there ned um uh, i mean i i probably would eddie did trelaw did I mean, Trelaw got booted off, but he got booted off onto a survival boat. Well, and Eddie didn't? Yeah, I mean, Eddie can do whatever he wants, just to be honest. Um, booted off onto a survival boat? He got booted off onto the like a cruise liner. <laughs> he took the plank and he was just like getting kicked off. He's like, oh, fuck, I fell into HMS, HMS fucking party. It was going the other way. He fell, fell into a tornado and got sucked up onto a lounge chair by the pool. <laughs> um, all right. Well, um, what have I got? All right. Well, we'll go from your really cold take to a hot take from me. Patrick Cripps is no longer the best player at Carlton. This ties into something that I wanted to bring up. I saw a uh, graphic on AFL somewhere or it was like channel seven um basically being like who needs to be paid most out of the fucking team um let me just yeah no i saw that too it was seven i think and of those three options that they gave i think crips is probably the worst of the three well it was mckay at one walsh at two crips at three yeah is that the order you'd go with i think Probably Walsh one, Mackay two, Cripps 
because I put it to noted um, Carlton supporter Mitchell Dodds, and he had noted say, noted by whom? Uh, noted by uh, Carlton. <laughs> um, but yeah, see, I obviously don't watch enough Carlton because I saw that graphic and I was like, "Fuck off!" Like Cripps is a phenomenal player. In, honestly, in fairness. I think he's injured and significantly injured. Oh, yeah. But, but still, but, like... I mean, if you're putting yourself out there to play... Yeah, that's true. Um, Walsh, I'd I'd probably call it a wash. I, I love Walsh. Watching him play, he's getting better every single year. What is he in, his third year? Yeah, maybe his third or fourth, probably. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's a number one draft pick. That, that is a hit. <laughs> that is a 15-year type of player. Yeah, that, um, that is that is not a Tom Scully. No, um, and Harry Mackay <laughs> is <laughs> Harry Mackay is a very uh, as to quote the same Mitch, uh, Buddy esque. So, okay, uh, he's not Buddy esque. He's not I'm... he's not in Buddy's league. What he is is massive. He's big boy. He's uh, two meters, isn't he? He's six eight. Jeez. I think he's two hundred and four or two hundred and six. He's quick too. He's agile. He's um yeah, and big and strong. He can't really kick, but, but he kicks bags though. He's what has he kicked? He's kicked five and seven this year. Yeah, because he kicks like five and seven four. Yeah. Oh, that's very buddy. To be to be fair. That that's buddy. That's yes. very buddy. But um, there's plenty of players that can't kick for goal. Uh Levi Casbold. Well, Levi Kasbold turned into a very good goal kicker when he started dropping it double-handed. Uh, that's true, but also I just remember... Because, as Levi we've discussed before, yeah. he <laughs> yeah. either flushes it or he doesn't. So it's straight through the middle or out the full. Yeah, correct. Um, but yeah, I do remember when I was at the Hawthorne Western Bulldogs game in 2011 and Buddy kicked two goals 11. So that's you like to see. Yeah. All right, my my last take, and it's not really a take. I just wanted to start the discussion. All right, well, I've got two to go, so I'll go. I'll go on, yeah. Is Tiger time finished? Yeah, because it's starting to feel like it might be. It, it's it's getting very Hawthorne two thousand sixteeny for me. I know uh, they've faltered earlier in the season a couple of times over the past few years and recovered, but it just feels a bit different this year. I think. That wasn't, yeah, that's true. I don't, they're just getting old. Like it's, and not to relate it to Hawthorne again, but that three time premiership team wasn't like rotated much because they were just like, we've won two flags. Fuck it. We've won three flags. Fuck it. Why bring in new players? Why fix what's broken? And then you just end up with old players like Martin's not getting any younger. Oh, Martin's Martin's still all right. Martin's only 28, isn't he? Oh, I thought he was a bit older, but Cochin, Rewalt. Um, Tom Lynch is just not what they signed <laughs> up for. He was very good against the Bulldogs. Yeah, but uh, who was he, he kicked playing again? Five or something, didn't he? Who's the Bulldogs full back? Um, Alex, Alex Keith. Uh, oh, it is Alex Keith. Um, but yeah, like even, you know, Bash is getting old. Shane Edwards has been injured for a long time. I feel like, um, and they're grimy, grimy's getting up there. 
Yeah. I mean, they've got Noah Bolter, and that's about it. And Jake Arts, who kicked three last night. And as you alluded to before, their off-field discretions are mounting at a rapid rate. Yeah, it's unreal. It's NRL-esque. It's West Coast 2006-esque. I mean, in fairness, it's not really. They're not pissing in each other's mouths or doing drugs. It's more kebab gate. Yeah, no, it's obviously. But, but yeah, I mean, it's tumultuous at least. Yeah, and, you know, that does, um, like, there's a lot of continuity issues, I guess, if you're just having people in and out of the team. And I loved how they let Martin go to New Zealand because, like, I love the whole AFL isn't everything be with your family kind of thing. But, you know, it's not great for the team on the field. So That's true, but they've done it in previous years. And if that's what Dusty needs to be able to play footy like Dusty and play well in September and be the best player on the ground on the last day of September. Yeah. Oh, you'll go, go for your life. 100%. Um, go visit him in a hut in the Amazon rainforest. Just come back. Yeah. No. I Yeah. I'm pretty... Where did I have Richmond? I think I have Richmond fifth in my preseason standings. Um, and I think they'll probably still end up top four, maybe scraping in, but like fourth or fifth. But they're definitely not the powerhouse that they used to be. Yeah, so it's interesting. I think I currently have, have probably Port, Geelong and Brisbane as the three that I think will finish in the top four. So then that fourth spot is probably between uh, Richmond, Bulldogs, and Melbourne. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's a very top-heavy year, I feel like. There's a lot of meh. And I know St Kilda have won four games, but they are not a, you know... Yeah, there is a a lot of meh, but there's also a lot of, I think... I think the top tier has expanded. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, Bulldogs are in it. Um, I'd say the top five now, to be honest. I think Melbourne are at the top of the second tier, if not bottom of the first tier. Yeah, well, I mean, it's difficult to judge, as we said, but until they do something wrong. Yeah, until they lose 15 games in a row. um, Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to argue that they're not in that tier. They're quite literally unbeatable at the moment. Well, not unbeatable, unbeaten. Yeah, that's true. Um, question to you without notice: If you've got the ladder there in front of you, I do. Who top eight? Who comes in? Who goes out? Because I, I'm not sure it changes for me. The order changes. Yeah, the order definitely changes. I. Okay, this might be a very unpopular take. Actually, I reckon Gold Coast will finish up around ninth. Um, really? I do. I've watched their games um, and they do look good. Um, I think they'll finish above definitely Fremantle. Um it depends what happens with St. Kilda. And genuinely, St. Kilda might pick up. Um, yeah, St. Kilda is the one that I can see jumping in there probably. St. Kilda, GWS could, but I don't think so. I, I think, think so. 
I reckon the eight as is will be the eight come September with possibly St Kilda jumping in instead of Sydney. Yeah, I think if anyone's going to fall out, I think it's Sydney just because they've relied on um, all their first round draft picks this year um, Mm. to get somewhere. Um, And as we know, it's hard to come by rookies who will just play consistently throughout the year. So, um, but yeah, you do look at you do look at this top eight, and you're just like, yeah, that look that looks about right. You know, Geelong will probably jump up to top two. Um, uh, yeah, Brisbane will be up there. I think West Coast will hang around where they are. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we'll see. Um, we are only what eight rounds in, so we're at the yeah. third mark. Yeah, and we we can flag this point in the year to come back to. But I reckon looking at it, top eight at the end of the home and away, Port Adelaide, Brisbane, Geelong, Bulldogs, Richmond, Melbourne, West Coast, Sydney. Yeah, no. And we are going to be made to eat our words when Hawthorne and Essen finished one and two, so... Mate, I'll be eating more than words if Essendon finish in the top two. I'll be having caviar. <laughs> I don't even like caviar. I'll eat it. I'll just fucking eat it. I don't care. I'll just walk into... The, what's what's Heston's restaurant in Melbourne? The Fat Duck? I thought it got shut down. I did it? Oh, well. The, the best restaurant in Melbourne, I'll walk in and demand champagne and caviar in my Essendon scarf. Oh, what it, it's... Oh, fuck. What is it? Is it Erd of... No, that's the... No, it's got, is it Attica, Attica or something? Beautiful. On uh, Corner of King and Collins. It's on like the 55th floor. Right. Like a, a Michelin star rated restaurant. So, Well, come the 31st of August, you and I will be there recording a live podcast in a private room in Beautiful. Very good. Can't wait. All right. Um, last thing on my board, and it's not a take or anything, it is just a discussion. Uh, who's on the hottest seat eight rounds in? We're, we're talking coaches. Who is closest to being sacked? Correct. I think it's Bucks. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he just quit. He sounds any, any article or interview I watch of him, he's just like, yeah. Yeah, he, d- he doesn't, doesn't, doesn't seem particularly. Um, yeah, I was very open in saying to people last week that I thought if they got beat by North on Saturday that he would have got sacked this week. Yeah. Um, and other than that, looking through, I mean, North, Noble's very new. Hawthorne are never going to sack Clarkson. Rutten is taking Essendon in the right direction. I think Matthew Nix is taking Adelaide in the right direction. Teague, Teague's got to be in a little bit of trouble, I think, if Carlton don't improve. Yeah, and Teague's got Warsfold behind him now, apparently. So, yeah, but he doesn't. It's part time from Perth. Yeah, but you know, if Carlton are, yeah, let's say, fifteen games in, and they're, what are they now? Three and five. If they're, you know, five and ten, I wouldn't be surprised if Teague gets the boot. Just because there were some lofty expectations this year, I think I had him in the eight. Yeah, so did I. Um, I think I had him eighth. I was pretty bullish on him. Um, and they yeah, we both got sucked in. We were, we both bought a seat on the Teague train. 
and in true V-line fashion, it ended up being a, a bit of a bullshit bust. Yeah. <laughs> it got a uh, replacement bust. Don't even talk to me after the last two weeks I've had. All right. What's your last take? Um, it's, it's a bit of a positive take to finish. Ah, love to see it. It's really even up the top. Oh, it is. It's good. Um, like, it's so hard to get a read on teams. I've just got four random games written down here that just completely skew any perceptions you might have had. Like, Richmond beat the Bulldogs rather comfortably in the end. Yeah, no, the Bulldogs' second half was pretty pretty abject. But then Richmond got annihilated by Geelong. Yeah. Um. Brisbane annihilated Port Adelaide. Yeah, that was very surprising. Um, uh, also, while we're in Brisbane, Hugh McCluggage. Jesus Christ. He is having an absolute belter of a season. On fire, any? Yes, yeah. Um, and then Melbourne North, like Melbourne, top of the ladder, north, bottom of the ladder, north were in front at half time. Like, it's just... Port Adelaide beat Richmond, but then got destroyed by Brisbane. But it, yeah. Yeah. No, I get what you mean. I feel like outside of maybe three or four teams, it's kind of any given day. Um, yeah. And to be honest, I think there is a, a top six that you could conceivably see any of them winning against the others and winning the flag. And I still include Richmond in that based mainly off past performance and proven track record. But like you can play any combination of Melbourne, the Bulldogs, Port, Geelong, Brisbane, and Richmond. And whatever happened, you'd be like, yeah, well, that's not outside the realm of expectation. Yeah, no, it's good. And I think um, even like Adelaide started the season, you're just like, oh, they got off to a good start. Um, At least the teams in, you know, from let's say, uh, nine to 15 are actually comp- usually competitive on any given day, regardless of whether they lose like the bombers. Like we've talked at length about how, like there's a lot of moral victories and positives come out of it. They've been competitive. They haven't won, but they've been very competitive. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, like I think Essendon supporters perceptions have been skewed a little bit by how close we have got and the exciting footy that we've been playing. But if you go back to like the start of this year, after Raz had left, Danaher had left, Sard had left, McKenna retired. Like, I, I think nobody expected anything really. So we had no expectations going in. I think it's just the way that we've played has probably disappointed a few people because we could quite easily be five and three. Yeah. Even four and four. Instead of two and six. Essendon are probably 500 team. Yeah. I mean, we've lost a game by a point. We've lost a game by two points. lost a game by three points. Yeah. It took Kevin Sheedy 297 games to do that. It took Ben Rutten eight. (laughs) I mean. But yeah, like as an Essendon supporter now, you could go to a game against Geelong, against Richmond, and against the Bulldogs and be have an expectation that you would at least be competitive. Yeah. Which, I mean, they have been, um, and they've got a pretty, 
light schedule in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we got one of the easiest draws for the rest of the season, really. Um, and not to sound like I'm whinging, but has an, a Melbourne-based side ever travelled interstate four times in the first eight weeks? I don't think Collingwood have travelled interstate four times in the past 50 years. Essendon have been to Sydney twice, Brisbane and Adelaide in eight weeks. Jesus. That's ludicrous. A bit rough. Wait, four times? Four times in eight weeks. We're like a Perth side. Yeah, right. Jesus. We've played Sydney in Sydney, GWS in Sydney, Brisbane in Brisbane, and Port Adelaide in Adelaide. I'll say three of the past three of your past five games have been in uh, interstate. That is wild. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, you know, a Perth, um, like a West Coast supporter would be like, yeah, shut the fuck up. We play, you know, one every two games in the state. But like, yeah, but they have an incredible home ground advantage when they play home games. That's true. But. I honestly, it is, it is what it is. Like that's, um, and I mean, for such a young side, like we are, that absolutely has an effect. Oh yeah. No, I feel like rookies and younger players don't travel that well. Um, especially when they're new to the league. So, um, that's all of my points that I got. Yep. I'm also out of points, I think. Yeah. Nice. Well, I, I do have some votes if you would like some votes. Um, best and worst. Best and worst. Yeah, all right, we got time. Hey, mate, we did that in under an hour. How good. We've got time, he says. <laughs> yeah, it's only been no, we got, four hours. <laughs> no, we got to get to the news. All right, best of the week. Breaking news, a truck has crashed into the Montague Street Bridge. Oh, mate, that's just every week at this point. All right, best of votes. That's astonishing. Oh. It's absolutely world class. Oh! He is floating on air now. Oh! Who is that? It's that Hutto. just completely had an orgasm in the box. No, that wasn't Hutto, the first bit. Oh, that's. Uh, that was some like British. Yeah. In uh, Martin Tyler. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know who he is. Yeah, even I know who he is. All right, best votes. All right, so these votes are just from this weekend, not from the two weeks. Um, yeah, because I had already compiled the votes when you messaged me to say we'll just analyze the round separately. So, one vote, uh, goes to a man that I mentioned earlier (laughs) is roared back into form this year, and there's no surprise that they are eight. No. Clary Oliver. Um, I think he bur- really burst onto the scene in what was it, 2017, when Melbourne had that really good year? Yeah. Then they got belted by West Coast in what, semis or the prelims? Prelim. Yeah. They made a prelim that year, got destroyed. Um, so it must have been 2018, was it? Because yeah, West Coast beat him and then won the flag. Yeah. Um, and he just hasn't looked the same player since. But this year, he does. He looks a real good um, McCartney to Petrarca's John Lennon. Just really good one-two punch. I, I was like, "In that, who's the Yoko Ono?" <laughs> um, it's got to be Nick Larky when he kicks ten. 
Tom McDonald. <laughs> Um, number two is a man that you were full of praise for before, uh, Hugh McCluggage. Yeah, so on the weekend, twenty-seven touches and eight inside fifties. He had to go with his thirty-three touches in round six and thirty touches in round seven. Um, Lockie Neal going down with a syndesmosis might have been the best thing that ever happened to Hugh McCluggage because he has taken the responsibility and taken the reins and been huge. Um, and comfortably my three votes from the weekend was the collective Geelong forward line. Mm. Even missing Geelong's best player of the past two decades, Brian Myers. They absolutely dismantled a premiership Richmond defence. Tomahawk kicked four, Gary Rowan kicked five, Jezza Cameron kicked six. That is just wild. You don't see bags like that anymore. That's Lucas... Lloyd-esque. Yeah, that, that's 15 between the three of them. And it wasn't the first time. Since Cameron's come in, his returns have been really good. But Gary Rowan and Tomahawk have been really good as well. So I think that dynamic's working well. And to be honest, it was what I was relying on when I tipped them for the flag before the year. Yeah. Um, and it, it's come into fruition. I'll say we round eight. Every good, uh, like it looks as good as advertised. It really does. It does. It does. And like, hopefully their ball movement continues to get quicker down there. I would have thought once you get Paddy Dangerfield back in that midfield and he starts racing out of the middle and goes, whose throat do I put it down? Rowan, Tomahawk or Jezza Cameron? Yeah. And then when he needs a rest and he goes down there as well, good luck being a back line. Yeah. Then Mitch Duncan's just like, all right, I got four, you know, absolute belter of a goal kickers down there. What do I do? Hey, Healer's choice. Sheesh. Yeah. Indeed. Um, all right. So now time for the uh, not so good ones. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. No disrespect whatsoever, but I'm sorry to call, tell everybody the truth. The man cannot. I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. I forgot that was the sting that is still so funny. <laughs> that man is a bona fide scrub. <laughs> Uh, it pains me to do the first one this week because he was a man that featured multiple times in the good votes. But Taylor Walker, you can't be showing up to a showdown and having six touches and kicking zero goals one. Not as a leader of that football club. I'm sorry, you can't do it. Two votes. A man that may as well not have been on the ground Saturday night. He's a man that's produced many a good performance on the hallowed turf of the MCG. But he was effectively a witch's hat Saturday night, and that's why Buddy Franklin gets two votes. He was clearly unfit and should not have been playing. I think he had also six touches, completely ineffective. I thought he was out for a month. And then, like, two weeks later, he came back in. I was like, oh, all right. Well, maybe he is out for a month, so he won't, get a, won't be able to run this week either. <laughs> no, he'll be, he's out for a month. He just doesn't have to <laughs> play on the ground. He just sits in the forward pocket. He doesn't have to do anything. And the worst performance, not of the week, not of the year, but the single worst individual performance of all time. Oh, good God. 
goes to one of your brethren, Jamal. Dean Margit. Oh, no, not Dean. Have you seen what I'm about to talk about? I don't think so. Get on Twitter and search Dean Margits. Because it will be more effective listening to you describe it to the audience than for me to tell you what happened. Margits. I don't think it's hyperbole to say that this is the worst ever umpiring decision in 124 years of the VFL-AFL competition. Oh, my God. Am I ready to see this? So this is the, what, North Collingwood game? Yes. Oh, no, he's not about to... Oh, my God. Cameron Zerha has had a shot at goal, come off the side of his boot and gone out of bounds. And Margetts thought, you know what? He was trying to kick that out of bounds. Sorry, Jesus, Lord. Levi Cathcott would have a fucking nightmare. That is genuine. I mean, as a general rule, you don't hear commentators rip into umpires. But Adam Cooney gave his greatest spray of the commentary day to the umpire for that decision. It was so bad that I believe uh, one of his fellow umpires, possibly Sean Ryan, I believe. Oh, no, Sean Ryan's the older guy. Matt Stevick, it might have been. Yeah, Stev. Who was umpiring with him. Was heard on mic saying, yeah, it's a rough decision, but we've just got to keep going. I don't know about that one, mate. Oh, I've been there before. <laughs> Mate, you know, no, you haven't been there. Oh, you I haven't been there. Mate, I've umpired with... You remember Crazy Phil? I do. I saw him a couple of weeks ago. He was always at the bus station when I was on the bus the last two weeks. Mate, anytime I umpire with him, I'm just like, mate, you are not calling that holding the ball. The guy's just had his head ripped off. I was playing in a, a game with Crazy <laughs> Phil as the umpire once when he threw the ball up for a ball up. The Ruckman has tapped it down and he called a throw. Ah, oh, mate, Ben McAvoy would be spewing. <laughs> yeah, but this was in a ruck contest. Yeah, and he's, he's this is some 12-year-old who just like, he's just like, yeah, I hit the ball, mum. No, he, ra- he didn't tap it with a raised palm. He hit the ball down someone's throat, and he's paid a throw. And it's, oh, no. Yeah, in all seriousness, that Dean Margetts call is probably up there in one of the worst calls I've ever seen in an AFL field. And I've watched... I don't, I don't think it's actually hyperbole to call it the worst decision of all time. Nothing comes to mind. Like, obviously, there have been some obviously bad calls, but that is just wrong. Hmm. That is and obviously, there's con- controversial ones and ones that have been more impactful and ones that stick out in the memory. But in terms of just pure interpretation, I don't see how you can get any worse than that. Like he's having a shot at goal. Genuinely wrong. It just came out. Uh, yeah, whatever. All right. Umpires are shit. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, you got any nickel back for us? I don't, but I have, we're transitioning the nickel back segment to another little beach, beach nan. Niche band. I like that to be my new nickname for the podcast. Beach Nan. Um, 
it's from a band you've probably never heard of. Have you ever heard the musical stylings of a band it's called, called Buck, Buck Cherry? No, but I feel like I don't want to. <laughs> they, they were a band that Dad and I discovered off Shazam mm. while we were sitting at a Nickelback concert waiting. Sure. So this uh, little extract is the chorus of a lovely little ditty named Crazy Cra- Bitch. Oh, no. <clears throat> Which bit should we go for? All right, we'll just go to the chorus. Hey. You're a crazy bitch. But you fuck so good, I'm on top of it. When I dream, I'm doing you all night. Scratches all down my back to keep me right on it. Hey, you're a crazy bitch. Join us for part two coming up soon. (laughs) That was... Oh my goodness, thank you so much for listening to the first half of the last couple of podcast. That was grim. Any last words? <laughs> Baby girl, you want it all. To be a star, you'll have to go down. Yikes. Join us in part two. <laughs>